Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at SaneBox. Remote knowledge workers are absolutely inundated with distractions these days. Emails, voicemails, Slack messages, and a million other pings that keep you from traveling the world, getting that first remote job, or moving to a new country. These days, to get ahead, we have to be great at prioritizing what really matters. In my case, that meant cutting down on the world's number one productivity killer, email clutter. So I turned to SaneBox. You can think of SaneBox's AI as your own personal email box assistant. It gets to know your preferences and tendencies, then automatically filters out the distractions and sorts your emails for you into folders and priorities that fit your workflow. I personally love Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders you never want to hear from again. They also offer Sane reminders to ping you if someone hasn't replied to you yet, alongside other automated files for anything from your receipts to your news feeds, all in one place. SaneBox works within any email client you're currently using and can be set up in a matter of minutes. Even better, About Abroad listeners can access a 14-day free trial and $25 in credit when they sign up at sanebox.com abroad. Check out the link in the show notes for more details. My guest today is joining us from a country we've yet to spend any time in, and that is Brazil, which is crazy to me because it's one of the places that I am really excited to learn more about and have wanted to discuss on About Abroad for some time. So Danish takes us through Brazil. He talks a lot about Floripa, where he's currently spending a lot of time. He also gets into some of his work, which is related to digital nomad visas and a visa database that will help you find where you want to go and where you can go based on visa regulations. He's also the founder of one of the largest digital nomad communities in the world, talking to hundreds of thousands of digital nomads around the world. And he is originally from Pakistan. So he talks about his roots becoming a naturalized Canadian citizen and moving abroad as a young person. So a lot of what About Abroad is all about on this show and in this episode with Danish, I really enjoyed it. I hope you will too. Please help me in welcoming him to About Abroad. It's so nice for me to finally have somebody here that's on the show that's living in Brazil because this is one of those countries that I feel like has become so attractive and so popular right now, like especially in the last year or two years or something, it's like popping up everywhere. You on the show to actually like talk about this process. I'm really excited, yes. (laughs) Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you, man. Um, Great, great to meet you finally. And uh, where are you right now? I I actually have no idea. So so we are on, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're recording, man. Okay, sounds good. Amazing. Sorry. Yeah, so I am actually right now in Brazil and in Rio de Janeiro. And last year, actually, as you already mentioned, that it started popping up everywhere and in my community as well. I was keep hearing this. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's do the mass relocation, you know, after COVID, let's everybody hit and I just share an idea in a community and let's hit Floripa. That was the place which was keep coming in. And, you know, us nomads always choose a place 
It's kind of less touristy. So we found that city and I went there and blew my mind. First Florida blew my mind because it's the most beautiful beaches. If you are in surfing, that's your place. And there's a community, of course, a lot of digital nomads are like landing there so you can meet fellow entrepreneurs, more workers. So yeah, Florida, I was, I landed and now right now I'm in Rio, but I've traveled across in Brazil. So ask me anything and I am the first. It's a massive country. I have a massive amount of, of questions. Is Floripa, is it is that short for a longer name? Yeah. So Floripa is like a short form of Florianopolis. Right. Okay. That's yeah. what I, so, I, so I've seen, this is funny. This is like a, a such a, a dumb question right off the top, but like I've seen Florianopolis. I can't even say it. I've seen it spelled out, but then I hear people say Florian. I'm like, okay, which I, I never knew if it was two different places, the same place. So I've learned something already. So this is like a is it is it an island? It's a yes. So it's actually uh, it's in the state Santa Catarina, and it's a city. It, this city has an extended island as well. So you have a downtown. I mean, it's like it's like an island, but also the closer by cities. They have another name, but yeah. So even island is divided into two parts. One is downtown, sort of like central, you can say, and the other part is the beach or the coastal area, which has the most beautiful beaches. North has a different type of different type of beaches, and then central and then south alone on this island that you can find amazing kind of beaches and as i said if you're in surfing i think this is top five in the world if i'm not wrong please or surfing are you a surfer i am actually i i say i'm web surfing that's my joke everybody was asking me in florida hey do you surf i'm like yeah i'm web surfing i don't so no i actually i don't but i really 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 enjoying it and i'm getting kind of into it and also i saw a different sport i mean it's quite famous in digital nomad community kite surf uh yeah. that was my first time watching kite surfing up close actually talking to the people and asking how it works and i kind of liked it and i literally i am looking forward maybe i would like to you know training train myself and and try it both the things surfing and kite yeah i'm i'm not a horrible athlete like i can participate in lots of different sports and kind of hold my own i guess but like board sports on the water i just am not very good at uh sir i've tried surfing i've tried I took some kite surfing lessons and it was just like this is brutal. And but if you if you're in the kind of place that has like good conditions and and the and the right vibe, then I think it can be a lot of fun. I think Chase, I think you yeah, you set me as well because I'm worse. I actually I'm not I can't even swim. So this is another problem for me. So bore I can't stand on it plus swimming. So I will still take one or two lessons just to get the feel of it. But yes, I don't know how it's gonna go along. But yeah, wa- to be honest, just watching it also is also yeah. It's yeah, it's and, and being in that environment where like it's you know the the water sports the surf surf life like being in that element is is usually a lot of fun. Yes, it's incredible. So where so you're not from Brazil, correct? I I am actually born and raised in Pakistan, which is maybe not quite famous. The digital nomads coming from that country, you know, like India, Pakistan, Lanka normally. But so yeah, I'm maybe one odd. So and so I grew born and raised there, but I'm also a naturalized Canadian citizen. So about 13 to 15 years ago, I moved to Canada and became a naturalized Canadian. So it's a funny story that I have the world worst passport. I traveled on a bit and then now I have the world best passport. 
you've witnessed both sides of that of that dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, Chase, you would be surprised that at Dubai airport, a custom agent saw my passport. He actually walked me outside the airport and he's saying that he loved Justin Trudeau. So passport, it can literally change behavior of people. And I have so many stories, to be honest, because they look at me. I look like an Indian race, Indian Pakistani man. But then I take out my passport at Polish airport. Literally, I, I saw border agent face was serious to smiling, right looking at the passport. Uh, it, it makes me kind of happy for you that you you have that that passport, but it makes me sad that at the same time that like that has to be a thing, you know, like these, yeah. these silly, the silliness between like just showing two different, the exact same document issued from two different countries and the way yes. that can change things seems totally unfair. It's very unfair. And it's, as I said, I've seen both and how people just reacted me. So it's like, as a person, I have nothing. It's just, I show you a paper and how you treat me changes. So of course, yeah, I look at the positive side, but yes, it's unfortunate. And I think it's also the reality. Is there anywhere where you, aside from Pakistan, where like when you, you'd feel more comfortable showing your Pakistani passport? Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, of course, many countries, you may be treated differently, but maybe in rarely, where is better to show Pakistani passport? It could be possible, right? So I think I remember. So I came to Brazil six years ago as well when I was not a naturalized Indian citizen at that time. I was a permanent resident in Canada. And so at that time, I remember that if you are a Canadian, you have to pay $100 fees for Brazil to Brazil. But if you, like, for example, Pakistan is $30. So that was sort of I saw the benefit. And other in other countries, like in Asia, in neighboring countries, you know, would be much easier. For example, in Iran, country which I really want to go, is amazing food there. So that could, you know, be a benefit. Yeah, it has benefit, but maybe less. Yeah, that's yeah. I hope I hope those days, uh, you know, leave us behind. And I, the the thing is, is I feel like it's becoming like we are we are living in a bit more of a, a flat world, a flatter society where you have, you know, borders are literally one of the things we're going to talk about is like digital nomad visas and the opening of borders and such. And I feel like it's becoming much less important, like where you're from or what, you know, where you were born. Like it, it's much more fluid these days than it was in the past. Obviously still a long way to go um, in, yeah. in that regard. I think, I, you know, like I also created a project, you know, Digital Nomad Nation. I, well, the idea should be like, I was born like, I don't know, 38 years ago. So I'm being still judged based on the location I was born, rather a person I am, rather on my achievements, who I am right now today, after 30 years, right? There should be who you are, rather which piece of land you were born without own choice, right? So I think that should be the case. I hope there are a few projects in Digital Nomads community, given one of my own attempt, which we can talk about later. And also there's Columbia and there are some other projects kind of addressing this challenge. The way the government works around the world, uh, it will be a lot of work to do and it's going to take a little longer before we get to the world where we are all like living happily ever after, I guess. I hope not too far in the future. Let's, I mean, you said we can talk about it later. I, let's let's talk about it now because I'm, I'm curious. I'll just, I'll leave it there with you. Like what, tell me more about this project because I just know, I know very little. I just have a very little bit of context and obviously the audience has very little. So I'll let you take it yeah, from there. Absolutely. So I actually, you know, I'm an immigrant myself and I have already told you my story of the passport. So I'm kind of, and in, in, in Canada, I work for big technology companies and so tech background plus an immigrant. So naturally, I was passionate about solving 
immigration problems for everyone what I faced. So I want to help the world. So I that's why I created the world first database called VisaDB.io, which is my startup. That database was what it does. You tell the, the passport or citizenship and it tells you what work visas, digital nomad visas, so any kind of visas available to your citizenship around the world. Before this database, you need to go to every government website, which is bad in design, and then you need to find out what are the visas available for me. Now it's two clicks. That was my innovation project, driven out of passion, did not make any money for peers. We were funded by European Union and government of Chile and government of Poland just to finish that product, uh, this project, because they saw the innovation. They said, oh my God, this is two clicks. You made it easier. So that's kind of personal. I am very passionate to solve this. So I did this project. And after that, of course, I'm build, building a digital nomad community. And I noticed what you were just talking about, this parity of this, this problem around where you come from. This visa is available to certain citizens. And even though you are totally a different person, but you still judge based on the book you have. So I was like, you know, hey guys, we are 100,000 digital minds in our community. If we were a country, let's imagine if we were a country, we would be like 170th country by population. So shall we create our own country, digital man nation on the internet? So it kind of went viral in my community. They're like, yeah, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the, all the digital demands. We all are entrepreneurs. We all are creators. So we get excited about anything with freedom, right? So people jump in. All people, all walk of life. So yeah, idea was to, you know, like form our own thing and create a new country per se and then try to negotiate on like visa-free. That was a vision. Uh, of course, you required a lot of resources. So we couldn't pull that. And we also noticed that it's very hard to, to make agreements with governments coming after learning with visa db i have i got a chance to work with many foreign ministries i talked so it's like old school the governments are old school the the, the team the people there were very old school they don't understand what we're talking about they're like what are you talking about you can't create it like that so so right now that project is still alive but now it's a resource it's an information more to make the math life easier but now there are other projects people i would be joining like polymia they are they have resources they're going solid. So yeah, these are the uh, two projects I created. I'm the creator, visadb.io, which is immigrant nomads, gives you the visas, and of course, experts as well. If you're looking to hire an immigration expert online, anywhere in the world, verified, you can go to visadb.io. So we have a database for both and then digital nomadization. So yeah, these are the two projects. How do you manage your day-to-day? That's got to be so much on your on your plate. On top of like being a digital nomad yourself and traveling quite a bit, I imagine you uh, you have a full to-do list. Yes. Yeah, so I have, you know, like, like all of us like you, like all our digital nomads, we have an amazing lifestyle, but of course we also have to work a lot manage that. So I'm managing not only these two projects, but I also created a new product, a software product recently monitor private Facebook groups. So these are three projects. Luckily that I have a team, incredible people. I have a small team before we had a big team, but COVID kind of killed a lot of uh, my visa DV, uh, business. So um, now we are piling up. So yeah, with the team, it gets easier, but yes, a lot of work. Gotcha. And so, okay, let's let's say those URLs for people slowly real quick, just to make sure that everybody can get them. Well, they'll also be in the show notes, but it's, is it visadb.com? Yeah, it's a visadb.io. .io, visadb.io. Yeah. And what's the other one? The digitalnomadsnation.org. Digital, digitalnomadsnation.org. Awesome. Okay, sweet. Yeah, well, those are in the show notes as well for anybody 
anybody listening that wants to go check them out. I'm super curious about the the both of them, but like the Digital Nomads uh, Nation. And you mentioned some connection with Plumia, and and so or or what is there any kind of collaboration there with what Plumia is doing, or is it is it a, a, di- a different, distinctly different idea? It's a totally like it's created by the Sanjay. CEO of Safety Wing, yeah. kind of a person. So we will. I will love. I love that project because it was similar to our vision. So we should have more visions. To the world is speaking right now. Of course, uh, we don't have any formal collaboration, but that's the route I will be taking, putting that project and going with all our resources and combining our resources to make things happen. Because at, at the end of the day, the goal is what you yeah. mentioned, what we all, all of us, we want. <laughs> it's a world without border. Which, yeah, let's see how long it's going to take. But yeah. Yeah, I think the ta- the tagline that we have. Well, I think I know the tagline that we have with uh, about abroad is a life without borders. And so it's funny to see the red thread connecting like all these people who are very involved in this kind of movement to uh, try to embrace more global mobility and give people more options about where they live and how they access work and 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 all of those things. There is there is like a, a tight but wide group. There's people working on this from different angles, and I think it's awesome when you can combine forces and and use your knowledge to partner up with others who have a similar mission to actually move that forward. So that's uh that's really exciting, man. I'm so happy you're working on this. Whoa, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's really exciting. And the Digital Nomads database, Digital Nomad DB, is that or no, sorry, Visa DB, is that something that people can go and access for free or is there a paid platform? Yeah, yeah, it's actually free. It's actually free database. And this is this is why we were funded by European Union because this is a information we are kind of making it available for everyone, for all the economic migrants, for everybody who wants to live, study, work, immigrate abroad. This is their resource. So people normally, traditionally, there are certain routes people go. From Asia, they're going to UK, US, Australia. Australians going to certain countries, right? Mm-hmm. We want to break that. We think that the world is more beautiful. We should be going to more other countries which people don't know even exist and what visa options there. So that is the resource for you. Check it out. Not only the visa, I want to add here to your listeners that I have added the skills demands in each country. This is this, this is the data taken from LinkedIn when people change their locations. So the real-time market data. So you can check out in which country, what are the skills demands to help you to move their skills. Second, I also added the number of expats living in that community. This data is coming from the United Nations. So you can wow. check out, let's say, Canada and you are from Germany. You can check out how many Germans living in Canada as an expat. And uh, what skills are required, what visas are for me, and all this free. Maybe it asks you to log in because we were getting scraped. A lot of people were scraping our data. So we added this login authentication, but it's free. And also, as I mentioned, the database to hire verified immigration expert is also free, but you have to pay to the expert if you hire them. Man, you know what I love that this is doing that that solves such a real pain point is it flips the whole process upside down, right? So like normally if I want to, you know, I'm from the US. So from my standpoint, I'm like, okay, what country do I want to go live in? I start looking at every single country's website, digging in. I, I have to decide which country I might be interested in to then process the following steps and do my research. This flips that upside down and says, hey, I'm American. What are my options? Okay, now I have choice. And that power of choice 
is so important in this because like you said, you get caught in these trends. Like You think you only have certain options based on what you've heard or read or seen other fellow compatriots do ahead of you. And so your options become very limited very quickly, even though there may be a plethora of options out there that you just don't know exist. So I, I love this concept. As I really appreciate it. And I'm, as I said, you can see it in my voice. I'm so passionate about this. The global mobility, everyone. I want to see Indian and Chinese in the countries where they haven't seen. I went to a small town of Bolivia. People just loved me and interacted with me because they don't see a lot of uh, Indian looking people in their villages. So they were really friendly. They were really curious about me. And I was like, wow, if if this start happening everywhere in the world, our world will be more tolerant, more accepting, and kind of nice, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And also another like benefit. I mean, it has multiple benefits. One of them is that like there's ma- there's problems with mass tourism in certain areas. So like you have this dichotomy of some places that get no tourism and some places that get too much of it. And like the more you can balance that out, the better. And I think digital nomad types and and people that are moving abroad are yeah, a lot of times they're looking for those hot spots. But I think people are almost sort of moving on from that pretty quickly and like looking for that that under the radar spot you know that place they want to go to the to the Bolivia and be unique and and have that experience of being like oh I'm not just another tourist here I'm I'm in a I'm in a situation where people are actually really excited to have me because yes. this is a unique I situation it's absolutely just a quick story I want to tell you a few years ago I met the tourism board in Estonia. I was living in Estonia as a digital nomad. Estonia is such an incredible country, guys. Everybody should go. It's so small that you can do incredible networking. You can connect with anyone you want. And so I connected with them and I asking, I was asking them what is their country goals in terms of tourism. They're like, they don't like weekend tourists and they don't like short-term tourism. This is, I'm talking about pre-COVID. Even at that time, they were thinking because they want to, for the health of their landmarks, mm. because their landmarks is their assets. And if a lot of tourists come, that assets can be damaged or it can be depreciated faster. So they restrict that and they like long-term tourism, three months, six months. That's the goal they are here. So as you mentioned, so it's good for the planet, good for Pachamama, it's good for the economies. And also, as you mentioned, it's not a tourist. When you integrate, it's beneficial for local economies. They get confidence uh, connecting with foreigners. You, We digital nomads spend our money, which is earned abroad. So it kind of helps in many ways. And I think it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah, it is. Everybody wins. This is awesome, man. I'm, I'm so happy to have learned about this. And I and I hope people, I hope About Abroad listeners will go, will go check it out because that that I mean that really is such an such an amazing starting point. Like I've I've done visas in multiple countries and like it, it's amazing how how narrow you you envision your scope. Like your options are like a couple places. I mean, I'm coming from having a pretty privileged situation with an American passport that opens up a lot of opportunities, but even with that, I thought, you know, I have a few options. I actually I wanted to go live in Europe for years, but just thought I couldn't based on what I had read and heard. And so it was probably delayed that move five years because I, I wasn't until stumbling across a blog post that was like really outdated, actually. Did I did I learn about the visa option? And I just then I thought, oh, it's on, there's only one option for me in all of Europe. I was wrong about all of this. There were multiple options, but that was the word on the street. You know, you talk to people and they say, yeah, there's, there's no options. If you're an American, you can't go live there unless you get married to a European or unless a European company hires you which they never will because they have to prove that they couldn't have hired a European for that same job. So anyway, it's it, these are all, you know, they're not they're not true, they're falsehoods, but we we believe them and more and more there's new opportunities opening up for for digital nomads, for people who want to go be expats, spend a lot of time in different countries. So this is awesome. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. 
This season is brought to you by my good friends over at Insured Nomads. They're the absolute best in the business when it comes to providing health, travel, and medical insurance for nomads, expats, and really just all forms of world travelers. I know insurance is often something that's overlooked when we're fantasizing about traveling the world, but it's absolutely necessity that we address this because often the policy you have in your home country isn't going to cover you while you're abroad. And it's also a requirement, as a lot of people may not realize, to actually buy private travel or expat insurance, as it's called sometimes, to obtain a visa or even enter certain countries. So fortunately, there are companies like Insured Nomads to help us with this. Not only do they have excellent coverage and great prices, but they're also providing a first-class experience with additional perks and best-in-class technology via their app. It's, a, it's an amazing experience. I can't recommend it enough. Now, this is a company that was built by world travelers for world travelers. So they know what it's like to find yourself in a difficult medical situation abroad, and they want to keep you from having that same bad experience. So the next time you're planning a trip abroad, whether it's for a week or a lifetime, check out Insured Nomads via the link in the show notes. Hey guys, so many of you write in asking how to support the show best. And if you are listening and made it this far into the episode, then I'm going to presume that perhaps you're one of those people that wants to help. So if that's the case, the best thing you could do right now would be to open up the app that you're currently using to listen to this episode. Go to the little arrow thing that allows you to share, select it and share it to one of your social media networks. That would be a huge, huge help. You can feel free to tag me at DC Warrington and I'll slap you a virtual high five from wherever I am in the world. Thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy listening to the rest of this episode. I would love to come back to Brazil because I'm very curious to hear about how, like, what brought you to Brazil and what that move was like for you coming from, you know, being a naturalized Canadian. So take us back to that and why Brazil, I guess, first of all, and then what that move was like. Okay. So your audience don't know, I'm also the dad. I call myself a dad of Digital Nomads because I am the co founder and now the solo founder for the biggest Digital Nomad community on Facebook. I grew that community with, again, passion by investing a lot of volunteer hours. Now we have a community of 101,000 digital maths from around the world. And that's where all the magic happens. That's where we organize. That's where we know what are the trending countries. That's where we set the trend that where we should be having mass relocation. I call it mass relocation because every year there are certain countries we are sort of like more favorable. Hey, like this year, let's go here. Let's set up our base there, tribe there. So Floripa was keep coming in in our community. Brazil is keep coming in. I came long time ago. So normally, traditionally in South America, Medellin, Buenos Aires was getting traction because of their low cost living. Um, you know, Mexico is in Central America, but Mexico is still like, it's our home. We call it as our second home. Mexico is our second home. So Floripa was keep coming in and that got my, uh, you know, attention. And also to be honest, Chase, we are running out of countries. So I'm like, okay, Brazil is coming in, people are talking about it. So that's first I got into it. And last in my last trip, five years ago, I did not visit Florida. So I'm like, okay, sounds awesome. I am getting into Beach Bali. It has a beach, summer, Brazil, what can go wrong, right? So that's how I got here. The second reason was Florida was keep coming in. And the biggest reason was the carnival. I mean, if your listeners don't know, guys, this is the biggest party on the planet. So everybody should add this in their bucket list i know we have massive bucket list to add that it's called the carnival it happens in february but this year of course it's in february as well so i moved for those two reasons carnival and it was getting traction and of course yes carnival got canceled the first day but i like 
I was determined. So I stayed and then I attended the carnival, which I can, we can talk about. It. Oh yeah, I, w- I would love to hear. About it. I've never been and you're right. It is. It's like on everybody's, if it's not on your bucket list, yeah, it should be. Like it's definitely on mine. It's something I feel like I have to go experience. Brazil as a whole is something that I feel like I have to go experience. There's so, there's so much. It's such a massive piece of land that I think sometimes might even go over people's head, like how huge Brazil is and how much there is to see there. I mean, I think we envision Carnival. We think about Rio. We think about the beaches and stuff, but like there's jungles and rivers and waterfalls and big cities, small cities, small towns. Like it's just, it's got a, it's got so much. I think, uh, let me tell your listeners that Brazil is so big that there's internal tourism, just like the United States. So people from the north traveling to south because it's totally different food, you know, the culture, the local culture. Within Brazil, there is a massive internal tourism for a reason because they're so distinctive so that it becomes literally a fun country to explore. And I am saving North Brazil because it has totally different culture for my next trip. But as Chase, you mentioned, South Brazil has more European remix, you know, with the local people and if you go to Rio is one of the best cities it is for a reason one of the best cities I am here so guys this is gonna be our next like for upcoming years I'll be promoting Rio Rio is not paying me to promote but I am having such an incredible time and I want everybody to have a similar experience if you are a nomadic families if you are a single nomad if you are a couple nomad so much sports going on here if you're into hike it's just half an hour away if you're into parties they have the best parties i mean brazilian parties come on like nobody can argue that, right brazilians are known for the parties parties in the beaches i feel like <laughs> yeah this is amazing but only not only that i'm into hike i got into volleyball i'm taking i'm joining i joined the school they have the most weirdest sport which you have never seen they have a, a beach tennis you know like they have a small racket is becoming a new sport they have a head table tennis like you're playing with head not with the brazil is such an amazing game. it's got it all uh and you've been there what for six years now you said yeah six years ago i've been here and i traveled across half of the brazil and now i got here after six years and it's been five months i'm living here ah gotcha okay cool so yeah. you do you feel like you're putting down some some roots of some sort there or is that really not in your vocabulary as a well, digital nomad i think are nomadic people so i stayed six months i enjoyed it but your summer is coming up so i am going back to uh, new york for a little bit of shopping and people will understand me this is nomads because we it's faster and easier and cheaper to buy tech in the u.s and then i'm going to canada to do my passport because it's not it's not about the expiry of the pages our pages go super fast so and then i'll move to europe nice all right yeah. so you are you are on the road can fairly consistently still that's it's not as if you you've settled down somewhere you're like you're you're nomad at spirit six six months in a place you're, you're ready to go yeah yeah six months but i have stayed in my last six years for example poland germany i stayed like 10 months or about a year chile i stayed nine months poland i think similar eight to nine months so but i and i was on their temporary residence visas there in chile i was on a startup visa in germany i was on a working holiday visa in poland i was a work permit uh, because my project got funded by the government. So I have tried to be honest, all kind of visas and let's see. Yeah, soon I think I'll be applying a digital nomad visa as well. On that note, do you know anything about the the emerging digital nomad visa in, 
in, in Brazil? Yes. So Brazil, I think Brazil, Brazilian government noticed that, you know, how Rio is, Rio is a magnet, you know, all the best people around the world, party people. So they noticed, like, oh, wow, and Florida was getting traction. And they realized that a lot of people are going on student visas or they are, like, faking starting companies because there's no way, there's no legal path. So I'm glad that they noticed that. And I think all the governments, I don't know if they're listening, but if you are listening, if the faster you make paths for digital demand, the faster you will attract them and it will become a hub and it will become a known hub and then you will not even need to market to digital demand. People will be automatically. So they noticed that Floripa is getting traction. They quickly drafted a bill. They got it approved. So now finally digital, there is a digital demand in Brazil. Of course, it's a massive country, massive political system. So there is a still, they are fixing things. There are still some unanswered questions, but that visa is out. I personally know I'm in Brazil right now. I personally know few people got it already. So this visa allows you for one year stay, you can extend it for another year. And after that, nobody knows. That's what I'm saying. Like, so two years after that, maybe you can convert it into a permanent residence or not, or another, whatever. Nobody knows that information, but at least you can stay here for two years. Um, you have to show about $1,500 or some sort of income <coughs> process is easier. The only problem, the only thing, the only document you need a police cert you need for your country has to be certified and I think it has to be translated into Portuguese as well. This is a tricky document. Rest. Yeah, that actually that's funny. That that was the hardest document for me to get in multiple visa situations is the background check from your home country because there's every country has different like levels of police, right? Like you have your like local police, you have your state police, you have your the national like in our in the US it's the FBI or the State Bureau of Investigation or your local police, the sheriff. Like you have all these different entities and it's like, okay, what's acceptable and what's not. And uh, in my case, because my local municipality didn't offer the right type of background check, like I could get a background check, but it wasn't federal. It wasn't like on the federal level, which some municipalities could offer and some couldn't. It just happened to be that mine couldn't. I had to go to the FBI to get it, which seems like super intense to like contact the FBI for a background check. Oh my gosh. And they were like, yeah, we can do that. There's a one year waiting list. And I was like, what? I'm leaving in like four months. Um, (laughs) And uh, so then it turns out there's like services that expedite that for and get it in like a week for you for like a hundred bucks or something. So anyway, it's just like kind of amazing what you learn going through these these processes for you in your case coming to brazil for up to six months is that is that the tourist visa i'm at like and you, you can come for six months without without a uh a, a much of a visa process yeah so on canadian passports you can actually come here you get 90 days visas on arrival nothing to do and after that you can extend it with another 90 days while staying in the country you don't need to do the visa run you don't need to exit the country come back you can stay here you can need to go with the federal police with some documents and they will extend your visa right there and then just to warn your listeners that not all countries can do that the u.s canadian uk poland there's literally five or six can do that europeans surprisingly can't i met a german and a dutch guy who was like you were told right in front of me that they can send it because they were thinking that should be fine yeah, they have a stronger passport. So don't do this mistake. They have to leave and then they have to leave the country or you can stay and you have to pay per day fine. So yes, to short answer, I'm staying on my passport on a tourist visa. Ah, that's good to know. I think that that's pretty that's pretty generous compared to a lot of places. So and it's it's the kind of place where you, where you need at least six months, honestly. Uh I, 
Are there any other places in the country that you've been to that you would recommend? Like, like you know, I mean, I think people know names like Rio, Sao Paulo, maybe like they know where you are. They there's there's what four or five six places that most people know. But is there anywhere else where you, having been to a lot of these places, would say like, yeah, that I'm gonna go, I would definitely I would definitely suggest you go spend some significant time yeah. here. So I think one place I want to share with you, maybe not not a lot of people know. So I don't know if you are a waterfall fanatic or something but there are incredible waterfalls in the world so brazil has the second best waterfall in the world called foz do iguazu ah yeah Uh, this waterfall is shared by paraguay argentina and brazil the three sides it's also called something like pais like three countries something like in spanish and so that is the a must you it's not literally it's not like some normal water falling from a top and no it's a gigantic multi-mountain massive waterfall i think it's a fifty thousand liters water dropping per second something there's some stats that's why <laughs> that's why the it's the best thing and you can do that both so must must check out that and if it has everything to be honest because i grew up in big cities and toronto is also a massive city later so i love big cities so sao paulo also is was very nice because i'm also doing business so i was doing networking in startup culture so i sao paulo i had a great time i made some good connection and so if you're a city guy sao paulo if you're a beaches guy there Plenty and plenty of cities. If you just want to check out jungle forests, Amazon guys, the whole like a 90%, like maybe 85 to 90% Amazons are in Brazil. It's shared by five, four or five countries, but more like most part of the Amazons are in Brazil and they have incredible spiritual ceremonies and activities if you are into that kind of thing. So I think Brazil is for everyone, for business types, for hippies for nomads, for beach lovers, for yeah, you got a little bit of everything. I'm curious, man. You you're such a like how many how many different countries have you been to? Do you know off the top of your head, roughly? No, I think yeah, that's people always ask me. I was a thirty-ish, so so you've seen a good you've seen a good bit of the world, and you've spent what I like something you and I share is that like I also haven't. There's a lot of countries I haven't been to. I think I some people will assume like oh you've you've traveled a lot, and like if I do the country list thing, it's probably not really that impressive or whatever. But I'm much more interested in like spending significant time in places and getting to know like if I go to a country and I get a good vibe I like I like to like spend some significant time there rather than just you know go see lots of different countries I, I hopefully have a lot of years ahead of me and I can get to to more countries but I really like you know diving deep on a specific place that that I jive well with and I think you and I share that yeah I think we, we both share we both share that it's not a number it's not a big number and I'm like really impressed by some of my fellow nomads who are going above and I am gonna reach that number guys just wait for me wait 20 years for me but so I think there are different styles and people who have reached their uh, varied numbers I'm so jealous impressed and I will be of course hitting I want to see the whole world of course so I will be going there at some point um, but yes I have covered more so for example if you talk about US and Canada people don't know that could be about 18% of the world if just we combine that we just combine US and Canada so I travel from Alaska down to Santiago the whole west coast and I did New Finland to Miami like so I did the whole 
eastern coast on a car on a hitchhike on a plane on everything what i've never met anybody that's done both of those trips i've met i've met a couple people that have done the west coast trip i've never met anybody that's done both of them that's insane yeah it's i oh, think wow. you'll be surprised is that people of course i know most of the nomads come from us and canada you know north america in general and they are bitching about the us and canada i would I would, I would request them to reassess their opinion about these two countries, including I'm talking about even if you are loving travel and culture, you would be surprised how much is there to explore in terms of natural beauty and, you know, like Grand Canyon itself. Like, oh my gosh, mind-blowing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like, like one of the most impressive trips I've ever done, as much as I like getting out of my own culture and into others, just because I enjoyed that sort of thing, it like brings me a, a high level of joy. Um, one of my favorite trips ever is a cross-country, cross-US road trip couple months, three months in a car with a couple friends. We drove across the whole US, up the West Coast, up into Canada and back across the northern part of the country and uh, down the East Coast again, like a big circle around the country. And getting into Canada was my first time in Canada, actually. And I mean, it was I saw some of the most amazing natural beauty I've ever seen. I also discovered like parts of the country that had their own really unique cultures that I was like, oh, I didn't know this exists. And so, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to see there. And I think it goes, it can be overlooked. It's easy to overlook look at when there's like these, you know, amazing places in other countries that you've been fantasizing yeah. about going to, but this is a reality. Yes, I think I totally agree with you and I'm, I'm glad that you got a chance. I don't know, it's fun. I think it's really fun to just hang out in North America as well. Of course, we are out nine months, but people who are listening to me, especially the, the Canadians and Americans, when you're coming back for either holidays for a month or in summer, maybe a month or two or to renew your passport or just for any reason, I would encourage you to explore for a week or two and take a trip, uh, you know, within uh, the US or Canada and you'll be surprised by its beauty. Yeah. One one place that's on my, like, always on the top of my head that I tell people, they're like, where's the place in the US that I should go that nobody else says to go? You know, what's that like under the radar place? And I, I tell people to go to Utah because like where there's like the national parks and, you know, you've got, yeah, yeah, you can you can just see so much uh, natural beauty there and like you've I, there's there's a lot and that that flies under the radar so i was one of the reasons i asked about your you know your country number or whatever was just i was just curious because i wondered if there's anywhere that you haven't been yet that you're really excited to go to yes i think if you so there is actually few things happening so i wanted to do tans i don't know if you know about tans there is like a block of countries which ends with tan tan and pakistan is one of them of course i know pakistan I haven't been to Afghanistan, but also has ten. So even if we, let's say Afghanistan and Pakistan, there is uh, maybe a little bit danger to go. But there are five other countries and with ten. Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan, all those countries. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are unexplored. I have, do not hear, even within the community of 150,000 nomads, people are going there. I see people start going to Iran. I see people start going to Iraq. But I do not see those names coming up. That kind of, you know, sparked my curiosity to go. So this is the this is a trip I want to do. It's on top in my list. But to be honest, Chase, you know that we, Japan, the old towns of Japan, 
to you know the suburb of North Korea, South Korea, and you know even North Korea. I know there are political problems, but we are explorers. We are we we love to visit the land. We have nothing to do with politics. So I wouldn't even want to go, including North Korea, everywhere. I guess awesome, awesome man. I look forward to following your your journeys, and thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's awesome. I'm going to be following on along a lot closer now that I know so much more. Where can people go? I know we mentioned the links earlier, but where can people go to follow you personally and and, and the work that you're doing, any links that you want to mention, we'll also put these in the show notes. Absolutely. So guys, I think Instagram would be easier. I'm not like a, on Instagram, I don't have like big ball. I'm not an influencer or anything, but you can follow my personal journey, connect with me. I love to meet people. You know, I love partying. I love parties. So if there's a party going on and we are in the same country, invite me and you'll have the best time. So add me on Instagram. And if you want to follow the professional, I think LinkedIn would be awesome. But if you want to connect, you should join our community as well. So there I am very active, our community. So Digital Nomads Around the World is a Facebook group. When you search Digital Nomads, that will be the top because this is the biggest group. So that's where you can join and follow my personal Instagram. And then you can also add me on LinkedIn. And you know, we share with me. I also, we didn't talk about it because it's about moving abroad and travel. But I am also very well connected with government with funding because I have generated funding for my project. So if you need help, you know, I'm very well connected as well. So reach me out. I love to uh, help my fellow digital nomads because it's really tough to build businesses while traveling and build businesses, you know, when you are on the road. So I understand that and we have to help each other. So I will be there to follow me on all those channels. Join me, reach me out. Excellent. Excellent, man. Well, we will, uh, all those links are there in the show notes so people can do so. I certainly will be. And I've, I've again, love all the work you're doing. So thank you so much for taking some time to join me. This was awesome. I hope we uh, hope we'll speak again before too long. Yes, Chase, I, I want to show my gratitude again. I showed one start and now again that you are the creator. You are inviting these people. You are bringing the people like me and sharing our work. So we are so grateful for generating these resources. So all the credit goes to you. And I'll be sharing about your work as well with these incredible guests you invite in my community and spread the word out so you can people can hear such an amazing person you are and by incredible guest. Oh man, you're amazing. I re- I appreciate that so much. Well, uh, people helping people. <laughs> yes, thanks yeah. thanks a lot, man. I hope you have safe travels and enjoy the sunshine in Brazil. We'll we'll speak again. Thank you. See you soon somewhere. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links. Aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter. No spam, guaranteed. Or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me. It also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.